Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks in a Hunk, a movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week, of course, I am your chunk. I'm Doge, and turn to page 134. <laughs> and I'm Carter. My dad didn't chunk, and neither do I. <laughs> That's me trying to be bad at intros. Daniel right. Badcliffe. Yeah. Daniel Badcliffe. Nice. Um... Hunk yeah. over here. You Tell us a little that? bit about how this is happening. Yeah, so this is a, a great honor for the both of you uh, <laughs> because today so honored. I feel it. Today you have an award-winning chef on your program. Okay. Um, just three days ago, I was awarded the Victor's Crown in a chili cook-off, and mm. let me explain to you the way the award ceremony went. <laughs> so my chili was number two. And as they doesn't were, doesn't sound like a winner to me. As they were, I was going to say most chilies are ah, for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. That kind of classy highbrow humor that Two Chunks and a Hunk is known for. Um, so when they were announcing the chili, uh, for whatever reason on the scorecard they wrote the second place number of the chili and the third place number of the chili. For me, for first place, they wrote the number of votes that I got, which was eleven. And so as they're announcing it, they're like, "And first place goes to." Chili number one. And Chili number one like lost their mind. They were so excited. It and it was Miss America situation. I was about to say it was a real like Steve Harvey, like oh, real La La Land no. best picture situation. And so they're like, oh, yeah, no, we read that wrong. Uh, the winning Chili is actually number two. And everybody was just like dead silent in the Yikes. room while I walk across the room and receive my $25 target gift card. Oh, and I'm like looking for snipers in the eaves. It was <laughs> the sure. most uncomfortable. Knoll exactly. Did your chili, hey, with chili though. It's more like gassy. knoll. honestly, hey. best, best joke of the show. Yeah, so far, so far, of all time. best joke of the show so far, 50 something episodes. And that's our peak. Did wow. your chili have a name? Alex. Ander. Why didn't you call it two chunks and a hunk? Couldn't that not have been a part of like, because there's yeah, chunky I chili out there. I should have done that. Yeah. I should, like that a, really like a gorilla grassroots marketing yeah, that's okay. thing. You're still, still a hunk. You're still a hunk to us. No, that, that's very fair. So, yeah. So that's me. That's the story of how I was awarded the blue ribbon wow. for excellence in chili. Yes, yes, sir. Genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, what a bad story. Yeah. I, Whoa. Jeez. <laughs> speaking of stories, there's a good story that I'd like to talk about. Talk about it. That mm-hmm. story is part of our series known only as <laughs> Do You Believe in Magic? And of course, this is the third movie in the Harry Potter series. This movie is called Harry Potter and and the Prisoner of Azkaban or the Philosopher of Azkaban for our friends across the pond. Let me take a moment to just say why we keep adding philosophers in here for our friends across the pond. Um, 
most people, really the only time we ever knew of a, a really sure difference between titles of the Harry Potter books was the Philosopher's Stone, yeah, yeah. which was also the Sorcerer's Stone in America. Sure. For some reason, that was switched up. So we decided, why why stop there? You know, for all of our, our listeners from jolly old England, mm, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we wanted to let you the, know the philosopher. The mother will, country. Yeah, or, the or philosopher will never go away. Our friends across the pond. He's even exactly. made his way to Middle Earth, as now, most philosophers do. As we're going to kind of jump into talking about this movie, there's something that I'd like for us to do as a as an organization. As is a it what I, I hope it's what I think it, it is. is. So okay, uh, I'd like to actually propose a name change for this bit from last week, okay. if that's okay. Because yes. last week, the name was bad. Okay. Last week, we called this second half IMDb trivia. That's a mouthful. Yes. Now, IMDb trivia is where we're kind of getting the source material for this bit. So might I suggest I am doo-doo trivia as yeah. the name for the bit. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Okay. So this is this is a game that we've come up with, and we've sort of tweaked it since last week. In this game, I'm going to read two pieces of trivia. One of them is from the Internet Movie Database, and the other one I just made up. Okay. Carter and Doge are going to guess which one of the two pieces of trivia I made up. And which one is from the Internet Movie Database? I'm thinking we'll do like a on three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll say first or second or something. Yeah, this is real reality podcasting too. No scripts, no producers. We've never heard these before. We'll call it number one, number two. So you'll say one, two when when it comes time to vote. Do we we say the number or the number of votes that it has? Because that has caused confusion in my personal life recently. Let's do the number. Okay. (laughs) Allow us to present I Am Doo Doo Trivia. Number one. In scenes when Harry is wearing his glasses, his eyes are slightly blocked from view by his glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Trivia number two. Whenever a Dementor is sucking happiness or the soul out of their victim, there is a distortion in the victim's face and in the air near him or her. Good grief. (laughs) So we have to pick which one is not so actually of, trivia. So what I want you to pick is the one that I made up. So okay. we have to pick the one you made up. Yeah, I want which you to pick the one, one that I made up. <laughs> so one of the, to be clear, one of those is actual trivia submitted that to is, IMDb. That this is isn't correct. to make shots at IMDb because there are great ones. Like, There's great. Yeah, we, we go IMDb. through and actually use a lot of these for it's the podcast. Super useful. Some of the first five to ten, but then something happens where it drops off, and that's Man, how this. At was a created. certain point, the trivia it feels like just becomes the kind of thing where it's like insert the answer on your discussion board for the. This class, and okay, it's like gotcha. I highly agree with that person. So count us down. We will Doge and I simultaneously yeah. pick. We're going to say the one we believe We're say you one. made up. Let's right. either say one or two. Right, right, right. Okay. 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 Answer in three, two, one, one. Two. Whoa. That's perfect. That's okay. <laughs> the trivia, which according to IMDb, two out of eight people found interesting. <laughs> Wait, one quarter, twenty five percent. Otherwise known as. The real IMDb trivia yeah. was number two, which means that oh, no. the Jordan IMDb <laughs> trivia was, in fact, Carter, yes. number one. Yes, I have taken the lead. <laughs> so, so it turns out, regardless of whether the fact his eyes were blocked by his glasses, yeah. was never written on IMDb. So, But a real piece of IMDb yeah, trivia was like- Yeah, somebody really said, like, like, oh, some fun trivia yeah, for you is that the effect there is there. Yeah, it, there's distortion. Oh my goodness gracious. That's I can't real. believe that, that. This is good. I'm enjoying this. That's 100%. I'm excited for it. What we a good for bit. Too? We're going to do it for, for the rest of the episode. Okay, yeah, the rest of our podcast until we die. We can do it for anything. One nothing. Great. Yeah, keep a tally. That's good. So, Doge, there is nothing that I would like more at this point, Doge, than for you, Doge, 
to offer up a sacrifice on the altar of Synopsis. Excellent. Prepare your ceremonial knives. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban uh, begins the same way all good Harry Potter films do, with him being treated like garbage by the Dursleys. Mm -hmm. Uh, He inflates his mean aunt like a balloon and leaves her to die in outer space. (laughs) And then goes to uh, Diagon Alley by himself uh, on the night bus. He goes where? Diagonally. Thank you. And then he Diagonally. he gets to Hogwarts. Basically, the thrust of this movie is there's a killer on the loose and his name is Sirius Black. Ooh, he betrayed yep, Harry's yep. parents and now he is coming to kill Harry. Better Over than the, betraying Perry's parents. Though. Honestly, good point. Over the course of this movie, we learned that actually it was Peter Pettigrew who betrayed Harry's parents Son and Sirius that. is uh, totally a really good guy and he's Harry's godfather. Uh, so Harry and Hermione travel through time to help Sirius escape from his like uh, i guess from being caught and sent back to azkaban yeah 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 so so harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban let's start talking about it this first scene at the house what do you guys think big old dump okay talk about i hate that i hate like i can't reconcile harry just leaving his aunt to die yeah, it's I had a, a little big weird, huh? Yeah, it was I super mean, she weird. does essentially float to outer space to be dead. Until, well, we get that throwaway line from the Minister of Magic in Diagonally, where he says that <laughs> the Department of Accidental Magical Correction or something like that, right. has she's been successfully punctured and her memories have been wiped. So yeah. good thing somebody jumped out of nowhere to save Harry, which is apparently a theme in this movie. Yeah, if I, a had, little bit. If I had a dump on this, it would be that... This was totally stolen from Total Recall. If y'all have ever seen Total <laughs> yep. Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger, yep. Yep. Uh, there's a big lady that gets ballooned. It's a little more graphic, but um, a little different. It was dark. I think from the start we see Willy Wonka did it first. Technically, there's a vibe that there's a new director, right? Absolutely. Yes. This feels so different. A, a question. So Chris I have Columbus actually left um, because he felt like he was spending too much time away from his family. Wow. Yeah. He seems like a family guy. The way he made the first two movies. Yeah. And discovered like America. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's such a family thing to do. Um, Alfonso Cuaron Cur- is yeah. what we're going to say. Cuaron. How maybe? we're going to pronounce it for two chunks and a hunk. Um, I honestly. Alfonso Ribeiro. I, I feel like he has come on at an appropriate time in the series. Yes, yeah. I agree. Because it is actually a much darker. I could not have imagined how Columbus, Chris Columbus could have done this one. I totally he could agree. I feel like it might have taken some away yeah. from how dark really that, that I think so too. Gets. And I don't want to take away from what Chris Columbus laid down his foundation in the first two movies. But I wonder if we feel that way because he lightened up the first two. Like yeah, I, it's could be. been a while since I've read the books and I'm wondering if like Chamber of Secrets is a pretty dark story. Yeah, I mean it's, but it felt light and no yeah, consequences. That's I'm true, wondering if that's a, a consequence of the direction. Well, yeah. one of the things and we'll get there, but one of the things this movie did well was it ended not on Yay Hagrid's back, but it sort of ended with like okay, consequences and how I mean it ended on yay brand new broom freeze frame it did but but that was just after okay everything's gonna be fine kind of a deal yeah but yes you're right it did end on yay my presence here I can say uh, something that I'm going that I have dealt with before here's what that's what's funny about this is that this was really never on my mind as much but something that I'm going to have to remember that I've dealt with before is that really Daniel Radcliffe is not going to get much better. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think so. I would I would argue though that his improvement between uh, Chamber and this movie was pretty yeah. spectacular. Right. Pretty good. I don't know if He's that's much though. Practicing like, in the off season, it's not, not that much. even catches up to what Rupert Grant did from one to two. You're absolutely and from two to three, and from dude. Two Rupert to three. Grant is great. Like, they, this is great. But um, yeah, with Harry. D- uh, 
He's a punk now, and yep. I think that's okay because he's just over the Dursleys. At yeah. least we yeah. don't continue to see that. You're right. But it kind of reminded me of Tobey Maguire's weird Venom Spider-Man thing yeah, that yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. Tossing his that? fingers and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I was just like, uh, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I would feel the same way. And I guess it's supposed to also show we have now becoming a teenager. Yeah, and a little bit of what angst. happens in that, yeah, in that transition. <laughs> but so. coming out of the Dursley home, we get one of my favorite things – which is the introduction of the night bus. Yeah, I love that. I it's, like the night bus. And it's not even that the night bus itself is cool. The shrunken head is goofy and kind of a fun laugh. Mm-hmm. And like the technology of it, like shrinking and slowing down time and all that stuff is cool. And they actually filmed those those uh, scenes with the bus driving full speed and cars driving one eighth of their normal speed. So oh, they how speed cool really? is that? Wow. Yeah. But- uh, they, and they actually shrunk down the bus to miniature size and yeah. shrunk down uh, Daniel Radcliffe to miniature Squished size. Him okay. real Squished thin, him. yeah. But um, for me, what this did, and this is, spoiler alert, I love this movie. Yeah. And this was the first one for me where watching it, I was like, that's Harry Potter. Yeah. I've been waiting for this. Exactly. I, I totally feel like there was that that mark that shift. Like, shift. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I think I, something too, there needed to be, and it might even be what's different. And, and I know Doge is way better about the camera usage because we've we've kind of dumped on how The Hobbit is all like a telenovela. Yeah. But there's something about this. The the undertone of darkness was literal in the film. It was. Making. Yeah. It's, it's a little like, less, uh, a little less saturated, I think. Yeah, uh, because even though we it, don't technically see Voldemort in this one, it felt like he was still there. around. Yeah, and, and I think that was because of direction. For me, I think the first moment of that in this movie was the night bus. Yeah, which is interesting up. that you feel like this is the moment. I mean, and I totally feel the same way too. But the moment where you go, now that's Harry Potter. Yeah, because Voldemort is not like really a part of this particular yeah. story. But his you know what I mean? influence is heavily implied, yeah. and I think that's the big deal, especially when you spend the majority of the movie, if you've never seen it, thinking that Sirius Black is an agent of the Dark Lord yeah. kind yeah, of a yeah. thing. And something I think we've fallen into is we find out that magic is unavoidably probably going to have some level of whimsy. Yeah. And yeah. so what we've done is we've moved from Chris Columbus whimsical to um, more of a Tim Burton, like the way that Tim Burton yes. did Beetlejuice. Yeah, I agree. The night bus made me feel like Michael Keaton's Beetlejuice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just kind of how crazy it gets. And it's funny, but it's kind of morbid because there's yeah. a hanging head from the rear It's like of the a mirror. dark, a dark whimsy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree with that. So a dimsy, if dimsy, you would. Dimsy, dimsy, dark whimsy, band name. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I, and I think tonally that this, this really begins what is the remainder of this movie. Yeah. Um, but we end up in, Diagonally. Diagonally. And uh, we we meet back up with the Weasleys. Thank the Lord. I love the Weasleys. I I will continue to love Arthur Weasley until I die. Yep. He's so great. Just such a warm presence in these movies. But we also get our first glimpse at who I believe are the, uh, I'm going to give the two most improved awards for this movie, which is Emma Watson and Rupert Grant. Neither of whom were bad in the last two movies, but like- they just stepped it up. Their big parents time. must have been paying for acting classes at this point because, I mean, they came ready to go. Yeah. I wonder if it would have been their parents, or is it? Does Warner Brothers say we've made a huge investment in you? We need you to be good at acting. Well, for they the next clearly 10 only years. did it for two out of the three. That's a good point. If that's the or case. maybe D Rad is a lost cause. Yeah. It's just that like we've tried everything. <laughs> at least it's a majority. We can't find our Daniel Radcliffe Miyagi that we need yeah, to bring in real. here and yeah. whip him into shape. Yeah, that could and, be it. And they give us well, J.K. Rowling gives us a good kind of look ahead at uh, because what they're arguing about in the first time we see these two new improved characters is arguing about scabbers. Yeah. Um, To be like, Hey, 
This is going to be something later. Yeah, it's going to get crazy. But how much, guys, I and it's bad, I can't remember his name or if we even got it, but it, it might be credited. But the person who comes, the hotel they're staying at to come get Harry. Igor, he, basically. Basically yeah. an Igor character. I did like it. I know it's kind of a carbon copy of some other things we might here's, have seen before. Here's my question. What is he? Because, like, in the magical world, we have humans, and then we have all these other little creatures. Did he have pointy ears? He had pointy ears. Did he? Yeah. Maybe, he, maybe he's a so, big house elf. So this, a this movie, so we get him with pointy ears, which are like, wait, where does that fit in the universe? And then we get, and I know a whole lot has been made about this online, but in uh, The Leaky Cauldron, we get a wizard who is reading Stephen Hawking's A Brief History of Time and using his finger to stir yeah. his drink. So he's reading muggle science and performing wandless magic. So by the universe that Rowling has established in the books, this guy is the most powerful wizard of all time. <laughs> yeah. Like it's a big deal to do wandless magic. Like yeah. Dumbledore does it at one point in this movie. And like that, if you've read the books, that's when you're supposed to be like, oh my gosh, Dumbledore is like the man. And this dude is using wandless magic to stir his coffee. My assumption and also, is that that was a novelty mug, much like the self-stirring mug uh, with the exactly. blender bottom. Yeah, and point. that spoon was actually just attached to the mug. Okay. That's, that's my head. Uh, the mug itself was enchanted. He wasn't actually doing wandless magic. Yeah, yeah right. I'm okay. sure that's exactly what it was. That's my Perfect. thought at least. I think yeah. they definitely thought it that, that deeply, yeah. thought that far through it. Good talks. Good words are easy words. for me to say. Um, but uh, from, from the leaky cauldron... We Cornelius Fudge. I mean, that's yeah. We get Cornelius Fudge for him to talk to Harry because we get an introduction of yo, this dude's out to get you. You guys know how like when you break the rules of your school during the summer, the president of the United States comes (laughs) to talk to you in a hotel. Though, here's the thing: that whole scene, and and I'm down with it. Whatever, I can get on board, but it feels a little dismissive of the consequences of using magic outside of school. You know what I mean? It feels a little like, Oh, you know, you rascal get out of here. But like, it's supposed to be a big deal, huh? Yeah. That, that was at least my interpretation of it. Yeah, for sure. There was some penalty, like massive penalty. for that. But, uh, from there we get on the train. Do we not? The Hogwarts express. Yeah. Where they, (laughs) where apparently Lupin is sleeping. Like he's a bum. Yeah, like he's been living on this train a little bit. Let, right. Can we spend some time on the train? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it feels like he's post. He might have changed recently because one I, of the uh, first times we ever get a descriptor of him, there's always a mention of his scars yeah. or fresh cuts and things like that. Yeah. I have a question, too, because this is in Do you, Do you Believe in Magic? We are comparing two franchises. Yeah. Can y'all? I want to hear from you guys. What would you least like to come across? And I'm going to give you one of each. One Dementor. Or one ring wraith, though we haven't technically seen them yet, because we aren't quite in LOTR. But what would you least like to come across at night? A Dementor or a Ring Wraith? Do I have the ring? No, I'm not giving you any magical thing. So no ring, no wand. No well, ring, no, no wand. No, but what I mean is if there's no ring, what purpose do they have to come out? You get what I'm saying? Like, right, right. But in the hypothetical, it's like... Bo- okay, both equally determined. They're aggroed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, fine. They're they're Dementor, I, I just want to know what's scarier to you. Okay, uh, for me, it's the Ring Wraith. Dementor. Really? Hands down, Dementor. Yeah. I think it's a Dementor for me, too. They, they both are deeply frightening to me. I mean, they're uh, essentially the same thing. Right? Are we allowed to say that right now? That's also part of why I wanted to yeah. bring that up. But the, the ring rates are are relentless in their like pursuit, which freaks me out a lot. Right. I, I just feel like there are several comparisons we keep stumbling across because we had a conversation about Dobby versus Smeagol. Sure. And yeah. so these kind of things get like more than just the depth of love, like good versus evil. Sometimes these characters that become vessels for both um, get a little repetitive, but yeah. I, I, a testament to J.K. Rowling for it being a little more of a creative way to do yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. But 
Yeah, I just wanted to ask that because this is the first time we see one. And yeah. it had some gnarly fingers. And I'm going to give a huge <laughs> pump to the first time we see a Dementor. Mm-hmm. The the rain freezing on the window, the breath. Yeah. You see Love their the breath come out. Yeah. Um, and then those long fingers around the door frame. I mean, that is deeply unsettling. Well, that's like in the first probably 25, 30 minutes of this movie. And yeah. that's for me the moment where I was like, okay, this is a different direction. Like this, this is not like goofy, happy Chris Columbus right. first two Harry Potters. Like this is totally a this different animal. Was point. anybody yeah. else surprised this was just PG? Yes. Was it? It was okay. just PG. That is, it it Not, totally felt like our characters are 13 now, so let's in, introduce some PG-13 right? style. There was yeah. also yeah. some cussing, though. Did y'all catch that? Yeah. Was there? There were some curse words. I didn't even this, notice. Up in this curse word. Interesting. <laughs> well, and and in this scene, we also get our first look and first interaction with a man who was almost my super pump alone. Yeah. That is Professor Remus Lupin. Yes. I love him so Me much. Too. This was the first time the reader gets to legitimately like the replacement for the Defense Against the Dark. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's so good. And He's still my favorite. Like of the whole series, any Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. I'm like Lupin, hands yeah. down, oh, is the he's very the best. best one. Well, yeah. there's going to be people who go, Snape was the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher at one point. Right. Well, yeah, he was. Thing. But I like Lupin better than Snape. I do too. So at me on Twitter. I do too. But Lupin... I mean, first of all, all credit in the world goes to David Thewlis. Right? He, I, What a good casting. I've seen him in some other things, and he's always fantastic. But as Lupin, I think he just kind of came alive. He's one of those actors that I can't see as anything other than Lupin now. Yeah. Like, watching Wonder Woman was really tough for me to buy him as a villain. Yeah. Because, Honestly, forgot because he's in Wonder Woman until right now. He's just been this warm presence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I love Lupin. Yeah, he's really good. Carter, you, you dig him too? I also love Lupin. Like, Lupin is one of my favorite characters, and were it not for someone else, would have been my super pump. Yeah, I feel episode. that. Yep. I feel that. Um, so we, we, we get the introduction of the fact that, hold up, chocolate stops the pain from the Dementors? Do we want to talk about that at all? <laughs> or What's was that the deal from there? The, or is that from a Boggart? No, it's no, he offers him chocolate on the train too. Yeah. If you, oh, and that's yeah. like in the book too. Like if you get, if you have a brush with a Dementor, you got to eat some chocolate to replenish your soul. So points, I, have fa- I, guess? I have a fan theory. Okay. Hit Ready? Me. Hit me. Dementors feed on joy. So when they're eating you. Okay. Don't do that again. They're eating your joy. Okay. What's more joyful than a little half Hershey bar? A whole Hershey bar. Yeah, what's the biggest amount of joy? Would, like, if you're co- to consume joy, it's that. It's got to be a you, bell curve. If you at some take point. a, if you just take a dip in a chocolate fountain, if you fondue yourself big time, okay, will Dementors stay away forever? They probably won't even know you're there. Loophole. Lupin hole. Oh, dang. Here's what's cooler. So Lupin uh, kind of just stands up and points his wand at the Dementor and makes. I, a weird I thought face. he cast. Expecto Patronum Can, silently. Canonically, he cast Expecto Patronum, but he just stands up and David Thewlis, I love him so much, has the blankest look on his face when he stands that up is from, correct. His, from his, uh, from his that bed. That is correct. But uh, that's sort of our introduction into, uh-oh, these are some bad boys coming for Harry. And the tone is the same the whole movie. Yes, absolutely. Everything's falling apart. I remember that when I was reading it too. I was like, you yeah. can't catch a break. So from this point, Harry Potter becomes... The little boy at Jurassic Park that gets yep. electrocuted and then 
uh, sneezed on, and then like it's it's. Yep. I, I remember feeling that sorry. Yeah. Before, and I think it was the first time I watched Jurassic Park. Of like, <laughs> poor kid. Poor kid. Like his, yeah. He, everything's bandaged, and he's just trying to get home. Like this poor. Yes. Kid. <laughs> and and we we pull up from the train to our carriage ride to the school, which is what our third mode of transportation we've ever seen to get from the. Yeah. And there's <laughs> several in the book too. There are. Yes. Yeah. But I want to pause for just a second. Okay. Hogwarts as an entity has never felt more real to me. Right. Than How in funny. this movie. Yeah. yeah I feel the too. same way. And all credit here goes to Alfonso Cuaron. He is the one who said Hogwarts needs to be less disjointed. We need to figure out a way to connect areas of the school to yeah. where it feels like a real place. So we get the long bridge. We yep. get the path to Hagrid's. The path down to Hagrid's house. We yeah. get the fact that the, the great That's hall good. is right outside some of the staircases. Like, we yeah. are being shown these areas and how to get from one to the other in order to make the school feel like a place you can go to. And fully and completely, for me, it works. Absolutely. Yeah. Watching this movie, this is the Hogwarts I think of. I think of the long wooden bridge and, like, the monolith statues yeah. on its way out to yeah. Hagrid's hut. Like, that's this, what I think this of. Is what, this might be what, when the, the hypothetical question was birthed in terms of, would you rather Pokemon be real or Hogwarts be real? Yeah, that's a tough one for me. It Hogwarts for me, yeah. 100%. It's Hogwarts pretty tough. Uh, I, I don't know you. if I can answer that on the Yeah, podcast. that's really it's hard really for hard. me. <laughs> but yes, this, this did make Hogwarts feel more tangible, which if there's going to be something, I think um, in the fantasy world, objects can become characters. Oh, or often 100%. Yeah. Um, they yeah. can be done bad, like the car, sure. like we saw before, but then Hogwarts itself has a person. Hogwarts is a character. Yeah. I completely agree with you. And, and in this, we saw the the uh, Ron jump of, oh man, really <laughs> stepped his game up, huh? Hogwarts, Hogwarts really, really, really stepped its it. game up for this yeah, one. Yeah, for yeah, real. Yeah. Came ready. That castle's been taking acting lessons. Yeah, WB <laughs> paid a couple of, paid a couple of teachers to bring them in and meet yes. their their skill sets. Very good. Yeah. So we get to Hogwarts and we're kind of we're kind of just I guess living in this this feeling of like there's demanders at the school, something's wrong, somebody's coming for Harry. Yeah. And a like of, we're a lot of red herring bads yeah. in this one. We're, we're like red Harry. We're, but we're like totally You're killing it this episode. It's weird to me how how they treat that as if it's normal. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. it's not like a bigger state of emergency that there's an a guy a who escaped killer. from Azkaban and he's coming to kill one of our 13 year olds. Yeah. Right. And and I guess it is a little different than when the troll was let loose because that yeah. was kind of it fell on us. Uh, right. It looked like we literally we might be able to put an end to this. Right. Yeah. But in this one, I remember when I was reading the book and Dumbledore has the conversation, which kind of dump on the fact that only Harry hears Dumbledore having this conversation with Snape about maybe Harry needs to leave. Sure. When all these kids are sleeping in the same place. Like, is Harry the only yeah. one not asleep? Anyways. Um, but talking about like we might have to send the kids home from Hogwarts. And I remember reading that and being so bummed. Yeah. yeah. I was like, no, you can't. You, take, can't. you can't take this place away from from, and, from Harry Potter. Yeah. I think there's a way, because I did not feel that when I was watching the movie, but I, I also remember feeling that when I read the books. Yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if that's just a strength of the medium. Like with yeah, the, with the book. Uh, so one of the, one of the hardest C.S. Lewis quotes I've ever heard is that he says, there is death in the camera. Meaning, Whoa. meaning that whenever you film a story, there's another layer of separation between yourself and the characters. Like when you're reading a book, you're there, like you're inside wow. the mind of your protagonist. That's but when cool. you're, watching a movie, you're watching the story happen to a protagonist. So yeah. you're necessarily one step further removed. And I'm wondering if that step, if we feel that distance right here, that we yeah. don't ever get that sense of like, oh no, that's the end of the world if the kids have to go home. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that could that, be. That could be. Um, I mean, I think that could 
at least explain why there's a bit of a, an emotional separation from that moment. Yeah. Can we talk about, this is pretty heavy and I think this is a lot of, there's hot opinions on this with our listeners. Can we talk about our new Dumbledore? How do you feel about him? I miss old Dumbledore, but I think the way that they, to me, it would have felt hollow and it would have felt cheap if new Dumbledore had come in and tried to do an impression of old Dumbledore. Yes. I love that new Dumbledore is new Dumbledore. And he's it not is, somebody I'm, else playing. I'm, team, I'm, I'm pretty firmly team new Dumbledore. Really? I, I'm team yeah. Michael Gambon too. And I yeah. think it's it's not necessarily, I think it, some of the times, so when somebody, I'm, I'm specifically thinking when Heath Ledger came in and took over Joker, it was out of respect of the character and the performances done before. And then kind of also this perfect storm of who he was, why it was completely different. Yes. Yeah. Um, this is not the same level because that won an Academy Award. That was that was yeah. culture changing performance, like incredible. Um, but when Michael Gambon came in, it really did look like he respected what had did, what had been done before because previous Dumbledore, it wasn't because he was in another movie. He passed away. Yeah. Shortly like before had, the movie. Re- shortly before, before two release. Well, yeah. Do you know? Do you know who was offered the role? Who? Sir Ian McKellen. Oh my gosh, I remember no that. Do you, know, do you know why he said no? Because the previous actor who played Dumbledore had called him a horrendous actor. I remember that. And no so he way. turned it down and said it would be disrespectful oh to take gosh. over a role from a man who hated my acting. Yes. No way. That's <laughs> well, it's, crazy. It's for the better, I think. I that, agree that completely. He is not both. He can't be Gandalf and Dumbledore. No. That is weird. That's yeah. like yes. if J.J. Abrams had done, you know, because he did Star Trek and Star Wars, right. if he had like shared a character yeah, yeah. on that. Like that's not No can work. do. Um, but Michael Gambon came in, and um, I think he added a great wit. I think yeah. maybe yeah. what was different is there was a certain wit to this. Well, there's a liveliness to this Dumbledore. This Dumbledore really feels, is. feels brighter, yes. less like less like a, a like <laughs> not a snuggly grandpa. I was just about to say less a sit on my lap and let me read you this book, grandpa, and like let's go to the museum, grandpa. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's like lively. <laughs> Another testament to the actor because he felt like a brighter Dumbledore in an overall darker vibe. Yes. Like, of the whole way this movie was filmed. Yeah, so, I completely uh, agree. Pump on that. Almost, there were so many, I mean, it's it's adding up to the fact how I love this movie too. Yeah. But there's so many almost super pumps for me in this one. Same. Um, and actually, I, I I get a little muddled in the order of operations here in the middle of this movie, but- uh, That's the thing about these movies. Of time travel? Uh, well, maybe. Don't even talk about time travel maybe. yet. It's hard to keep any of the Harry Potter movies straight for me because right. it's always like, there's the- Dursley's, we get to school, school happens, we leave school. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the school happens portion of that story can happen in any order in my mind. And well, that's what's so tough is because with all of the material that you get in the book, you kind of just, that's got to be so hard to storyboard the movie. Oh my gosh. Real. Like how on earth do you get to choose this? The only time they get to split it in half is Deathly Hallows. And that's just to make another billion. Yep, you know, it's right. like, yeah, that's not I easy. was looking at a, a box set of the paperback books for Harry Potter because I don't own the books and mm-hmm. so I was looking at buying that and I was like struck by the difference in size between oh Harry Potter and the uh, Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone for our friends across the pond it's very short yeah uh, but then you get to like Goblet of Fire and it's like three times as long as it's the first crazy. one but Dude, the movies are Phoenix all is... like the same length yeah, yeah. It's like how do you do that how do yeah. you adapt that yeah. one of the things that I think happens in the middle of this kind of time that can be easily overlooked but that I really loved is right before Christmas break, I believe, Lupin and Harry on the bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this scene. That scene is so well done. Something that happens, and what it does is, because I remember we had a moment, I think, in uh, the Sorcerer's Stone, to where we had a problem with the fact that love is what saved Harry. Right, yeah. We're starting to see through other characters, through through characters acted very well, 
Mm-hmm. How how maybe maybe this was different. Maybe this right. family was unique because of how much respect are from all of these friends that are willing to continually put their neck on the line for this family and the one thing that is left of this family. Yeah. And we get that with the relationship with Lupin, with what we see later with Sirius, um, and it goes on and on. And so I that was just so sweet to me. Um of just seeing how they were, they were caring for him. Yeah. I love it. I agree. Yeah, totally. I agree completely. And I, and I think this scene is, it's short, it's sweet, but it is sweet, you know? Right. And it, and it is, you get to see some looping characterization. You get to see exactly like you're saying, like some building of the Potter parents from an outside source, which I think is a cool and unique way to sort of handle that. Right. Um, I'm actually on the fence about how much I, about what I feel about characters consistently saying Lily and James Potter are the best people that I ever met. Yeah. Kind of, you know what I mean? Because right. that, I'm trying to be really careful in this, in in Do You Believe in Magic, in this series, to not let characterization from the books uh, be like extra textual information that I carry into the movies that informs my opinion of a performance of a right. character. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, we actually, uh, so for our last Harry Potter episode, we said that we weren't sure why the Dursleys were so upset that Harry was going to Hogwarts. Why did they not want to let him go? And and Colton Kingston, who who is a great friend of the show, he consistently sends us pumps and dumps. He actually texted all three of us and gave lots of really great and really valid reasons from the books that, you know, the Dursleys are afraid of magic and and they wanted to keep Harry from suffering the same fate as his parents. But those are in the books. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. like we're that's something that I'm I'm trying a balance that I'm trying to find is weighing like what are we presented in the movie? That's all that we can talk about. That's all yeah. we can take into this discussion. So I'm I all that to say, I feel like the we're a little heavy in the movie, particularly in this one, on the like your father James the best man that I ever met. Right. Your mother, Lily, the sure. kindest soul I ever met. Like it, it's a little, it almost gets to like wish fulfillment where Harry's finally like, yes, I always knew that my parents had to be good because they're my parents. You know what I mean? Right. That's true. Yeah. But, but I, I don't know something about this moment on the bridge to me, isn't that to me, it's more, yeah. it's more characterization of Harry by letting us know who his parents were. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I like, I like, that Lupin is confirming things we already know about Harry by telling us things that we were hoping about his parents. Yeah. I love it. And and that it totally is like a really sweet thing for him to find that stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, coming, coming off that bridge though, we, uh, we end up with the first Quidditch match. I know you want to talk about Quidditch. Jordan. The first Quidditch match that I have liked. I was, I I made a mental note to ask you how you felt about this Quidditch match because it actually like has bearing on the overall plot. It has bearing. And on top of that, it's short. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's like 15 minutes or less. It's real quick. How much Quidditch time do you think we have added up through three movies at this point? Six and a half hours. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Probably 20 minutes of Quidditch total between all three movies. And only about four of those came from this movie. This was good because there was so much storyline in this yes. like legitimate storyline yes and the scene of him uh, i mean they the dementors were done so well yes they really were agree. like uh, the image that we even see before quidditch when all of them on the stormy night are coming and starting to head towards hogwarts uh there's just an ominous thing about them but going up there into is. the clouds yes. and having them chase and him. you see what is it the the what's the symbol called the black the grim the grim yeah when we see the grim Actually, what, that's, what this is reminding me of right now is that we need to go back and talk about Trelawney. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, Emma Watson or Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. I love yeah. both Trelawney and Emma Thompson. Yeah, so good. Particularly Hermione's reaction to and relationship with Trelawney. Yes. It's so great. I love it. Yeah, Emma Thompson did such a good job. And it it is so interesting to see how, especially even with New Direction, the casting will sometimes pick the heaviest hitters and the most recognizable people and put them in smaller roles, minus Alan Rickman and, and things sure. like that. Yeah. But to have, you know, Emma Thompson as Trelawney, to have Gilderoy Lockhart is is Kenneth Branagh. You know, these these forces in British cinema to play kind of roles we don't see all the time, but it's just yeah. it shows a focus on the foundation. Well and to also play these roles that we as Harry Potter viewers acknowledge are these revolving door yeah. type characters exactly. is interesting. Yeah. But uh back to Quidditch for, for for just a second. It was short, sweet, but also the Dementors coming after him in the sky was frightening. But there's one fun fact. Do you know what I'm gonna say? I have no idea what you're gonna say. The other seeker that is going after the snitch with Harry? Uh-huh. You know who it is? Nope. It's uh, obviously played by a different actor, but it is Cedric Diggory. No way. Yep. Way. Really? Yep. How did I miss that? I don't know. It's not our pats. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> it's certainly not Edward. But, yeah, that is uh, Cedric Diggory coming after the old snitch. After... Maybe it's after, maybe it's before Quidditch. Another thing that happens at it's school. before Quidditch, we'll say yeah, that. I know what you're going to uh, say. Hagrid's promoted to a teacher, and yeah. the kids are all in Hagrid's Care of Magical Creatures class. Oh, my goodness. This is where we meet Buckbeak, the hippogriff. And I, I would like to say that Buckbeak was very nearly my super pump. Same! The, cr- the, the like, design for Buckbeak. Really, like, I guess this is probably all-encompassing. Like Later when we get to Werewolf Lupin, and when we get to Sirius the Dog... Like, all of the CG creature design in this is phenomenal. It feels like Alfonso brought it with him. There were a lot yeah. of things that happened in this movie that felt a step up. Yeah. Like, okay, let's just ride this. Buckbeak, yeah. I think, is the best-looking CG creature we have seen so far oh, in Harry yeah, Potter. Oh, yeah, so much yeah. better. I think it's Even so the good. flying looked good. Yeah. Well, and it, it's not that same kind of, like... Like, I, I think for the, the troll in the first one and for Aragog in the last one and even the Basilisk, like, they're excellent creature design, but they're still, like, one step removed from what these things would look like if they were actually real. Right. Like there's still that level of like cartoon caricature to their design. Yeah. Right. The stuff in this is like totally like could translate to reality. Yeah. yeah it, 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 the other stuff it. wasn't quite Smaug level. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. No, but you want to talk a little bit about Hagrid in his new role? I love Hagrid as a teacher. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty much always going to be a fan of giving Hagrid a bigger role in the story. Hagrid is... Spoilers, I guess, for when we do maybe a wrap-up of all Harry Potter. Hagrid's like my number one favorite Harry Potter character. So anytime that he can play a larger role in the narrative, I'm so on board with that. Yeah, and it's good. And he still feels like this, um, not necessarily like of mice and men, kind of big lovable type goofy can't. Because obviously he's not that. He doesn't want to pet the wabbits. Right, he's not that morbid. But he, um, in the moment where, you know, Buckbeak is going to have his fate decided when stupid Malfoy, which what a, what a minimal amount of him in this one. Yeah. yeah not a lot of Malfoy, which is good. Cause his face is, is wrong. Things are, yeah. his face is wrong. He's he is in the, growing up real fast. He has, a, he has a nasty face. He's growing up in a weird way though. It, it's is. like, he's <laughs> like the middle, like, so in like an Animorphs book cover, yeah. he's like, he's like, he's like the <laughs> very, so good. The very middle face, where it's like that is not quite. Oh my god! 
not quite child or adult, and oh it just looks wrong gosh. to me. What a wonderful <laughs> reference. What uh, can I super pump something one of us has said? <laughs> that is so good. But yeah, oh my goodness. He gets kicked. He's such a little twerp. He's 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 a one trick pony right now. Yeah. And I don't know if that I can't remember if that's exactly how it is in the book. Maybe it is, and he's just always there. He plays a bigger role, obviously, later on. Sure. But it was just kind of like, oh crap, we better make sure Malfoy's a part of this. Um, but all that to say. When Hagrid's asking Harry, am I doing a good job? Because he, like, this Ugh. is the biggest thing that could happen to him is become yeah. a professor. Um, and then for that all to go down, you definitely are pulling for, for, for Hagrid. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, and, and, and I feel like, you know, some of the stuff with, with Hagrid obviously really leads us to maybe talk about Hogsmeade setting us up for sort of the later part of the movie. Do we want to talk about? you know, sort of Harry's rejection from Hogsmeade and, and, and how that affects him in this story. See, there's a, a lot of stuff like Hogsmeade that is necessary for the plot. Yeah. But I, I feel like is is almost just included because it was a big part of the book. Right. Like Hogsmeade yeah. itself, like there's, there's definitely ways to streamline the kind of like back two thirds of this movie. Sure. But then it doesn't feel as true to the book. But then... Yeah, it just the pacing was very strange for me. Yeah. Once we get to the Hogsmeade field trip thing. Yeah. So but 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 I do love that we get to kind of look at what it even for just a second, we get to look at what it means to be a wizarding kid at this school with non-magical parents who don't care. So you yeah. know, you have Hermione, a a a girl who is from non-magical parents, from muggle parents, but they obviously signed her permission slip. Yeah. They're down with yeah. whatever. Which I think eventually we learned that she has a charm on her parents, but whatever. We can talk about that at a different time. Sure. We see them in Diagon Alley uh, in the previous No, she too. she only charms them at the very end. Is to that like it? To like whenever she goes for like the final confrontation yeah. to, to forget that she existed, which we'll get to that, we'll get but that's incredible. Yeah. But um, the, the big thing with Harry is that he has got non-magical guardians who are not supportive and don't want him to have anything extra would not, you know, sign that kind of thing. And so unfortunately we kind of see the, you know, not major consequences, but personal and emotional consequences of Harry once again, realizing that his lack of parental guardians is a real crippling sort of aspect of his character. So Hogsmeade, I think in the books obviously plays a much bigger role in the overall narrative of Harry Potter. Sure. In this movie, Hogsmeade exists as a way for Harry to get the Marauders map from well, Fred and George, and and, and to see the, the shrieking, shrieking check. Right. Yep. So they, I think that would be a great place to to go next. Let's talk, talk about, about the Marauders map. The Marauders oh map. Oh my! Yep. One of my Goodness. favorite magical items. Yes. In the book, and then I think they did such a good job in the movie. And you feel like they can hang. They they felt like they could ha- hang their hat on this because the credits, the, the credits, credits are, are the Marauders map, are all they Marauders map. You guys map. know you've seen the like screenshot of the credits where and and it's there. I checked today when I watched this. If you go, if you watch the whole credits in one little corner of the Marauders map, there are a pair of there are two pairs of feet that are facing each other very closely, and it is to hopefully of age students who are playing Wii sports with one another that we can see on Is the Marauders really? map. 100%. That's There's a, a little, a little shout out to the fine game of Wii sports. Wow. In That's the credits funny. of this the, movie. The, the ancient game. <laughs> exactly. Still PG. The oldest yeah. profession. Yeah. Wii sports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, there's also, so John Williams name appears, 
uh, oh, really? at one point and uh, the feet start to do a waltz. Oh, wow. Which is kind of cool. Like, that's his thing. Like right. his waltzes. Yeah. That's which awesome. Is, which is kind of cool. So I, I don't remember. I don't think that we get it ever later in the movies, but did we... We, in this one, we did not get an explanation of Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs, right? I think we do get an explanation later. Do we get yes, that later? Let's talk about that real quick. Well, I don't think we do in the movie, though. We do we do I movie? also don't think we do in the movie. Okay, interesting. Because I think because Prongs is completely like, who the, who the heck is who Prongs? Is, who right. on earth is Prongs? Right. So, so it's it's Peter Pettigrew, Sirius Black, Remus Lupin, and James, and James Potter, Potter. James are Potter. the four people who made the Marauders map. Because James Potter is an Animagus. Right. The only one who's technically not an Animagus is Lupin. Right. Because he... I and don't, don't we that get that? I mean, choice. we get there. That's so is much. Is James an Animagus or is it just because of his Patronus? No, he's no, he an Animagus. He is an Animagus. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, I, I wish we had gotten that little bit of characterization because to me, that helps me buy the relationship between James and Peter and Lupin it and makes the Serious a little more real. Because yeah, they all, tough. like, and maybe I'm misremembering this. Please let us know if I'm not. But in my recollection, like, Lupin gets the werewolf curse and they're like, hey, we're going to become animaguses so we can chill with you whenever you're a werewolf and keep you from hurting people. Right, right. Like, I love that kind of like yeah. relationship. And we don't get that in this. I agree. And I, and I think that would have been beneficial to a viewing audience. I, I can't remember if they go over it later, but I do remember telling Callie about this right after we watched this movie. And she acted thing. like she didn't know. I did the huh. same thing. So and maybe I, it's not in the movie. I think we need that in this one because that helps explain why. Like if Lupin tells Harry that, that gives further context for when Harry's like, I saw a white stag that saved me. Right. right. It had to be my dad. Like that yes. makes so much more sense if we know. And I wonder if what happened is because people, because this direction and the, and the whole thing, like in terms of the director and then everybody who's writing the script is so much feeding off of knowing that the audience will have knowledge of the books and have read yeah. them already, yeah. that they're, they maybe it's easier Skimming to over. forget or yeah. skim over. Yeah. That kind of thing. No, I, I definitely yeah. think that's possible. But I'll, I'll dump on that. I would have loved an explanation of the authors, of the Marauders. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. I, th- I think this movie as a whole does a better job with reveals than Tom Riddle turning into Lord Voldemort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Like, it's everything is growing up in this yes, movie. Yeah. Like, the writing, the twists, it's all more mature. I agree. And well done. But, yeah. Is it time then... You said twists, and maybe we need to save this for just a few moments from now. Is it time to talk about the big twist at the end of this movie, though? Let, let's jump through real quick as we sprint past Hagrid's hut, the execution, quote-unquote, of Buckbeak, sort of the craziness with Draco Punch. The reveal of Scabbers. The reveal of Scabbers. Uh, yeah, let's camp yeah, out here in the Shrieking Shack. I, well, I also do want to pump on the Executioner. I think just the... The massive yeah. weapon on just a scrawny guy. Like yeah. Alfonso didn't really fall into a lot of here is here is the mold for what this looks like in fantasy. Right. And we'll yeah. talk about that too. My super pump was almost the werewolf. Like the this representation yes. of the werewolf yeah. is incredible. Um, is not like anything we've seen or will even see because another big uh antagonist is a werewolf that we'll see later in the series. But I I think it it was so like so creative and how they did creatures right. in this movie. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So let's camp out in the Shrieking Shack then. We get the we get the big reveal that Sirius is is not the guy who betrayed Harry's parents. It's Peter Pettigrew, Ron's pet rat. Snape comes in. My super pump is Sirius Black. Okay, uh, that's what I was going to get to. My super pump is Sirius Black. <laughs> Mine is too. I'll have a specific moment though because I feel like- I 12 felt years? Like, I felt like this would happen. We'll have a moment that I get to that was my specific okay. super pump. I think that you're you're close enough to the ballpark that we can we can legally say super de duper that this is one of our f- 
One of our first? One of our only. One of our only super de-duper pumps in yeah. which all three of us have the same super pump. And yeah. that is Sirius the fantastic Black. character of Sirius Black. Carter, it's, I know you have uh, a special affinity for this character. Can I tell you, so this happened in 2004. Yep. Okay. Yes. That's when this movie was made. This is when I decided Gary Oldman is my favorite actor. It, it was this movie, this specific oh, wow. movie is yeah. when I decided Gary Oldman is my favorite actor. Because I remember bringing up to my friends, that's Gary Oldman. And they're like, who's Gary Oldman? And I said, well, have you seen Fifth Element? Have you seen uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? Have you seen? And it was just all these movies that had happened before The Professional, Leon the Professional, like all these things that nobody knew. Oh, that was him. Oh, that was him. That's when I was like, that's an actor. Yes. He's gone in and he he does not care. Tom Hardy has started to do these things, but Christopher Nolan did it because he put stuff over his face. Mm. Like Tom Hardy has yeah. continued to say, I don't care what I look like. It's not really my face that is is selling the character. It's how I portray this character. Right, yeah. And he just dives in, and I remember watching it, and the first time, because I was pumped that he was going to be in it. He was already on the verge of my favorite actor of all time. But when we see the poster of him not saying a word or having no sound, but it's his mugshot, am I crazy to think that that, too, was such good acting? Right? It was, it, yeah. Phenomenal. I think it was just so great. And just to see him... Man, Gary Oldman is so good. And I love <laughs> right. that he finally has an Oscar. Um, yes. He was for me it was a bigger deal that he didn't than Leo DiCaprio did. And I don't know I don't know if that's controversial, but it's because he he I think even the Academy and like people who critique were like, of course, he just did what he was supposed to. Yeah. But that's a good actor. But no, this is what I think good acting is. Yeah. And he he did the such a good job. He's on I'll tell you, he's on a different level though. <sighs> I would still say overall, Alan Rickman as Snape is the best book to film yeah. adaptation or representation of the entire series. But Gary Oldman does such a good job. He's phenomenal. His his I've waited for 12 years yell yes. when he's in that oh, shack. Geez. For me, I get chills literally every time. So Carter, you mentioned that your super pump is in a specific moment yeah. with Sirius. You want to yeah. talk about that? And, that? Well, and it kind of, it's built off of the thing that we talked about that you didn't necessarily dump on Doge, but in terms of talking about the family and how much um, we see all these old friends mm, that love the family. Yeah. And I think a lot of this might be just a testimony for me and what I'm used to. My parents are ballers, right? My parents are amazing people. And this was just sentimental for me because of how, how big I felt, how big my heart was when people would tell me how awesome my parents were. Yeah. And then for Sirius Black, when he's on the bridge, we have that bridge again before he flies off yeah. Oh, yeah. on Buckbeak. Um, the moment where he was like, you're so much like your dad, but, but your eyes. And then he grabs his face. I was just like, yeah, that moment right there was like, man, he's, he's added a new layer mm -hmm. to, to like what he has done is come in and thank God Daniel Radcliffe didn't have to do it. But <laughs> this is so rare to me that another actor gets to create something and, uh, in the backstory and in the foundation of a character that they didn't have to do themselves yeah, you know, because they did such a good job portraying it. Yeah. And I think Gary Oldman does that for Daniel. I agree. Yeah. Well, and, and, I, and it's no secret to anybody, even if you listen to the fast and furious series that we did, uh, Sirius black is my favorite Harry Gosh, Potter character. Amazing. Um, and so, so good. The fact that my favorite character gets to be portrayed God, by Gary Oldman. Yes. I mean, it's just, whoo, it's too good. And they knew like, Oh man, when they went through the casting process, I haven't even looked at who the competitors were or if it was kind of an Alan Rickman thing. There couldn't have been. 
but it was like, oh man, I felt sorry for anyone who would have tried to for do that. real. And what's perfect too is we we had an argument about Kenneth Branagh, not an argument really, but saying actually, great, he did such a good Lockhart, but I feel like maybe he could have been someone else. I think I think Gary Oldman fell into the exact role he needed to be. Oh, on this yes, one, yes. In terms yeah. of an A list actor who gets to play exactly who he's supposed to play. And and, and I'll, I'll say this to both of their credit. The fact that he was good enough to knock Lupin out of my super right, and yes, because it's you know we had brought up two in the last one because we got Lucius Malfoy, we mm-hmm. got uh, Mister Weasley, we got a bunch of great new characters, but in this one with a new Dumbledore, who's who's a huge unique thing Big to player. switch yeah. a character, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then to have Lupin, and then to have Sirius like, Trelawney and Trelawney, yeah. even Emma Thompson. Yeah. So this series is going back through this, and, and do you believe in magic? It's closer than I thought it was. For the series as a whole, as a whole, because I think our affinity for the Trinity of Lord of the Rings is present and will be obvious once we get there, because it's going to be like, do we have to fabricate super (laughs) But I'm still nervous um, about it. I think this is a good series. I think that what we're seeing is Harry Potter at this point in the like collective consciousness of pop culture is getting to the point of like the Star Wars episode seven thing where it was yeah. like Daniel Craig was filming a movie at the same location. It was like, please just let me be in this. Right. And so Daniel Craig is a, an unnamed stormtrooper with mm-hmm. a tiny role in Star Wars episode seven. This money made less than Chamber of Secrets. Can you believe that? 100,000, wait, $100 million less. No way. I don't get that. And I wish I could have, I should have done some more research on that, but I'm sorry to have interrupted in this yeah, point, no, no, but no. In, in all the talking up, about this movie, I wonder what happened. Yeah, I wonder. I, I wonder if people just didn't go see it. Like if they were like, I went to see Chamber of Secrets. I was burned by seeing the same movie again. Like, and I wonder if Chamber of Secrets wasn't different enough from yeah. Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone for our friends across the pond to bring people in to the third one. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. So we're at the Shrieking Shack. Yep, we've got this reveal with Sirius. We reveal with Peter. Reveal with Peter. A whole sequence of reveals. But we get out of the Shrieking Shack, Lupin turns into a werewolf. Yep. Sirius fights him as a dog. Yep. Yeah. We're, I, I think it's- We get some ouchies. We get some ouchies, and then in an attempt to fix those ouchies and prevent further ouchies, we introduce something into the universe of Harry Potter, which I have previously been a very outspoken critic of. Okay. Talk about it. I think it's time to talk about time travel. Okay. Okay. I spent a lot of time prepping nice. for our... Yeah, sick, guys. <laughs> I spent a lot of time prepping for our discussion of this episode, trying to rewrite the ending of this movie in a way that wouldn't include time travel. And most of it centered around Snape. Like, it's a doe. It's Snape's Patronus that Harry sees, and he thinks it's his dad. And, like, all these reveals that would have ultimately undercut the big Snape reveal that we get way, like, many movies from now. Yeah, right. And then I came to the conclusion that I don't think that time travel is a very big deal. But my super dump is that the time travel is not explained thoroughly enough to make it a small deal. Okay. Because in the frame of this movie, we never get any kind of explanation that says you should not travel back in time and kill Voldemort when he's a baby. You know what I mean? We never get any kind of explanation that like you should travel back in time and tell your parents to go to a different place because Voldemort's going to kill him tonight. Right. The only thing we get is, Harry, terrible things happen to wizards who mess with time. 
And my first response would be, well, aren't the consequences, like the consequences can't be as bad as Voldemort's entire reign of terror over the wizarding world. Like we got to do something about this. Yeah. All that's left for the audience is assumption. It's like, well, you would want to go back 70 years and have to live it again. Even if we clarify, like I I think this, this whole inclusion, this element in the plot could be fixed if we just say like, hey, this time turner can only go back like less than a day. This time turner can only go back 12 hours or like- if you use a time turner to go back more than 12 hours, you have some, to live all that time. You or will, something like you will that. become unborn and you will cease to exist. Yeah. You know, or like, it's a penalty something. like when you drink unicorn's blood, right? You don't, right, your right, soul right. changes or right. the penalty of, of creating a horcrux. Just Which, something to stop that from being a viable option. Spoilers, I, I guess, for the books. If you haven't read the bad fan fiction that is Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the time turner is a huge, a huge plot point in that. And it's one of the reasons that myself, along with many other people, have a really, really hard time yeah. accepting the events of Curse of Child because the time turner, and really you have to be so careful when you introduce time travel into, into your universe, yeah. but the time turner, unregulated as it is, can completely break the story of Harry Potter. Did it, yeah. did it feel Magoo to you or is it something completely different? Not not as Magoo, but just Actually like... a shocking lack of Magoo in but, this movie. But like overpowered. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like, if you have a time turner, why are you not, why didn't you stop Voldemort? Right. right. And not to be an like eternal optimist or pump pump or whatever I would call it, is nice. I, I, like I agree that. on the dump on that. I really do. Because the time travel felt that way. But is there a testament to how well the story has been created this far for people to get offended that something like this was introduced? Yeah, absolutely. And, because and it, because there's, there's stories that live off of time travel. Yeah. Uh, and that's not because it was just the foundation of the story, but it's like, oh, that just happens in this world. It's it's kind of something like Terminator. I'm so willing to accept time travel right. as a cornerstone of it, but this is like so expertly crafted outside of time travel that adding time travel makes it feel like, oh, well, now the characters can do anything. Yeah, I right. agree. I actually have no problem with it. I feel like within the rules that it has non-verbally set up with itself. It follows those rules, and it goes and gets put away tightly in the bedside table. But it, it feels, and I agree that it follows the rules that it sets up, but it doesn't set up enough rules for us, for me to feel like I'm okay to forget about it by the time the next movie comes. I agree with that, you know? but, but and if it ever came back and was like, uh-oh, look what we did, then I think I'd have more of a problem with it. Read Cursed Child then. But the, Well, I won't, is the thing. Yeah. And so <laughs> uh, that, I think maybe that's why I have less of a problem with okay. it. Okay, you know? yeah, fair enough. Um, the transformation of Lupin into werewolf. Yes. Uh, so and, good. And depiction of, I think, this was also my super dump, but again, in a movie that's full of, or uh, super pump, sorry, mm. in a movie that's full of so many pumps, it was hard to pick. Sure. Um, but that's also a reason why I was like, this is PG? That was kind of scary. And yeah. good grief, poor Jordan and I, we might as well be holding hands right now. We're having to go through so many spiders. Uh, right? There was another one. The Boggart, the the Boggart happened early. And we the forgot Boggart, to talk about the Boggart. Boggart was done really well, too. Boggart was great. Boggart was done really well. Can we talk about how much scarier the clown was than anything else right. that I they know. brought in? It was like we when she turned the snake into a clown, I was like, nope, worse. Yep. Nope. I was watching you ruined it. when Chels yeah. was the same way. She was like, why is it rocking like that? Yeah. I, I want to be a part of this. Yeah, it's not good. But uh, we get finally the time turner. We run through kind of all that good stuff with uh, the saving of Buckbeak. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, And I love that it's been kind of a theme of at least the Harry Potter side. But Doge, the feeling you have about the sorting hat um, and different things like that, your explanation really of why that might irritate you a little bit is like, oh, we've made that turn into something. Did you feel that way about the Whomping Willow in this one? Absolutely. Because it was the guard of the... 
of the hideout of the the secret passage yeah it's the kind of thing it's it's reverse world building but reverse world building that is really apparent okay where it's like i introduced this powerful thing and i've got to find a way for it in my next story okay yeah yeah i thought of you when that happened yeah i was like because i'm starting to notice it now because you brought it up and the fact that lupin had the like easy quick uh spell to just shut it down yeah was interesting to me right. which sounds like a spell felt like a dump that anyone could have tried to stop something from moving violently it's sure arresto momento which yeah. is the it's the is no did they learn petrificus totalis whenever they were fighting the pixies yeah yeah okay well, regardless those are the same spell basically so why not try essentially that? yeah you learned it earlier you in felt this like hermione movie. would have thought of that right yeah, yeah. I almost called her Hermione because that's still a part of me. I don't know why Hermione. <laughs> all of America still was so ignorant, deeply yep. ingrained. Yes, <laughs> but uh, so we we get uh, the saving of Buckbeak, and we get the running from Lupin, and we get the from Hermione's perspective. I think the thing that irritates me about the time travel is that it's so like Deus Ex Machina. Where it's well, like, yes, it, but the nature of time travel in a story like that is to make what happened first happen. What happened second must happen first, and yeah, like yeah. I get that that's weird because it is weird. It's like yeah, it's like oh, it only happened because this happened, but that really only happened, you know. And you're right by nature, it does get messy. But I actually think it was relatively kind of a clean cut. It was a movie. clean cut, but there's a part of me still, and there has been ever since I read the book for the first time years and years ago. There's a part of me that wonders if we had a moment. Uh, Honestly, similar to like Spider-Man Homecoming, when Peter is trapped under all the rubble. He's like, come on, Peter. Come on, Peter. Come on, Spider-Man. And he picks up all the rubble off of himself. If we had a moment like that with Harry while Sirius is dying and Harry casts the Patronus there rather than other like duplicate time traveling Harry casting it across. I just wonder, like, would our character motivations change or would they feel more complete if our characters weren't? time traveling to save themselves, to write themselves out of a corner. And I don't want us to get so deep that we suffocate. Yeah. But do we think, at what point did J.K. Rowling say, I'm not writing for kids anymore? Yeah. yeah. Is, this something, intense, is huh? this something that's appealing still to preteens and teenagers that are like, how cool is that? It's time travel. Yeah, right? maybe. It, it's so interesting to me because she she was able to do something to where she would get you over an eight-year span. Like, and yeah. what happens to you in human development yeah. during that time? Well, it's like, no, when right. I'm, it's when like I'm, going to change the way you're writing now. Well, in, in her yeah. character, I think she captured that transformation well. Right. And yeah. imagine, if the, well, imagine if the troll in the dungeons had happened in the last Harry Potter movie. Yeah, it would have been As a, uh, like 18 years old, like, oh, no, there's a big cartoon Shrek in the bathrooms. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what are you doing in my bath? That was a, Shrek. a weird a Shrek. Shrek. No, no, it was a bad Shrek. <laughs> that was a good Shrek. Hold on, let's, let's run it back. Let's okay, run it back. No, let's try it again. Not. <laughs> what are you doing in my swimbath? Are you actually, are you trying? <laughs> I sound like such a meanie. That's as hard as I that's, can. That's good. That's my best shot. That's Carter. great. All right. That's great. Excellent. Maybe, maybe one more. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Guys, I don't know if y'all saw this, but I feel like I saw the three of us peeking through the window just now outside of Casa de Chan. No, I was. Is that what my hair looks like from the back? It was nothing. That's so. Anyways, he's gonna he's gonna be here any minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> any minute, good. he's gonna save us. Yeah, we're good. He's yeah. dying. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm realizing now. Before we, I can feel the wrap up starting. I can yeah. feel it. I can mm-hmm. feel the gears it's turning. It's coming. I, I'm realizing that I accidentally skipped over my super dump. 
Well, I haven't even got there because neither of you guys have super dumb. It's like you forgot the the rules of our podcast. Oh, really? Well, mine's not the very end. So let me go back and then we'll get to the very end and and smack yours right out of the air too. (laughs) Do it. Uh, Draco and his crew are so lame in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. They are not intimidating anymore. They did not grow at in threat as our characters grew in like confidence. And you felt like this would have been in Alfonso's wheelhouse. Yeah. With, with, with playing with darkness so well. Yeah. I, I was hoping for more from Draco than just like some wizarding racial Jerry slurs Potter. as he runs Stupid away. Yeah. Hardest peas, hardest peas in Hogwarts from, from this, Malfoy. This is really testing our pop filters to see if that is even listenable audio. Draco and his crew are just so not intimidating to me. And, and no. I know we talked a little bit about how they felt wasted in this movie. Like, what's the point? Yeah. You know, we just had to keep Malfoy in. But really, for me, this movie just feels like they were like, uh, I don't know. Um, I think if you're... Have you seen Saved by the Bell? Can you just do like a generic, <laughs> like, hey, get out of my way, punk. Yeah. Like, I don't think this is what happened. But I think a valid, a valid read of that is maybe we say our characters are getting older and they realize that bullies are among the least threatening things in the magical world. Yeah, that feels like a great way to... Uh, Sort of justify it's it. totally a retcon. Yeah, totally, absolutely. totally like a. I just don't want anything to be bad about this movie. I just and and to be honest, this if this super dump feels lame, it's because I had a hard time finding one with this movie. Genuinely, yeah. um, I'm but, surprised you did. But I think that that for me, it just felt like a step backwards for what was quickly becoming like a regular and decently written character. Yeah. Besides. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my super dump. Ooh. Alfonso Cuaron, Curion. There's something about him that's, I, I just imagine everybody in production was like, yes, we understand you like the eighties, but that doesn't make sense here. Why would, I don't know. I don't think we need to do that. I don't think we need to have this music montage. I know exactly what I don't you're think we need about. to put on that Walkman. Um, Walkman's, I, I just feel like it doesn't exist in this world. Are you talking about how the movie ends with, hey, 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 hey. No. <laughs> the pause. The pause at the end. I laughed out loud. Never has something, why Why did we do this? Yeah. Why yeah. did we do this? It felt nothing like the vibe yeah. of the entire movie to pause at how happy he was on his new broom. That doesn't <laughs> even fit the, like you have, you found out now as you're becoming an, an adult that your life is incredibly dangerous and everything <laughs> wants to kill you except for some people that can't be around because it wants to kill them too. And yet we're in this happiness pause right before we go into Goblet of Fire. And I, I hated it. I thought yeah. it was so dumb. It didn't obviously didn't ruin the movie for me. There's too much good things going on about this. <laughs> but I will never watch it again. It was so obviously stupid. Yeah, it was bad. I did bad. not like it at really, all. And again, really I don't know if it's something that... I don't remember that happening to me when I was an adult and when I wasn't an adult and saw this, because I think I was 16 when I saw this movie the first time. Yeah. But seeing it now and critiquing it in filmmaking, I said, this is such a super obvious super pump. I I was thankful that he gave me something to super pump on. So I didn't have to reach. It was definitely accidental, but the motion blur caused by the camera whenever Harry is paused makes him look like there's a Dementor off screen. Yeah, he's dying. Just slurping him up. Is it a a cliffhanger? Yeah. Fun fact, okay. whenever the Dementors suck the soul of one of the characters, it actually blurs the face on <laughs> wow. the screen. That, that's an actual That, that trivia yeah, sucks my soul. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Goodness For gracious. Sure. That's sort of the end of our movie, though, huh? It definitely is. And is it's it, almost uh, the end of our podcast. Is it time to rate and review? It sure is. Let's do it. Here at Two Chunks and a Hunk, we have what is called the Scientific Cinema Scale. It's perfect 
and science has proven it. This is how it goes. The best thing we can ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy Buy that that poster. poster. The next best thing we can ever say about a movie is just buy it. After that, it's going to be rent it, followed by stream it. Right after that is going to be forget it and last, but certainly least the worst thing we can ever say about a movie. God has forsaken us. Who would like to go first? Me first. Um, My dear friends, I'm buying the poster. Mm, I'm going to buy that poster for this movie. Wow. Um, Outside, uh, sprinkled in there on on just what is a well-done movie with a new director in in a direction that I'm enjoying um, is obviously Gary Oldman. And this was such a very significant part of my life in terms of picking a favorite. Like this movie – in the significance of picking my favorite actor of all time is wrapped in the significance of loving movies. Yeah. And it's really, it's, it's, this movie has a lot to do with that. It's a part of my Carter, this is your life episode is the prisoner of Azkaban. Um, and it was so cool to watch it again after I hadn't in some good time in this lens of, of critiquing and still love it so much. And I thought, I thought it did a lot of things. Well, I was surprised to see that it made less because you would have thought the momentum that would have given, would have put people back in the theaters, but I guess that midnight, that huge, you know, hundred million dollar chunk you get on that first weekend didn't really happen for this one. Um, but I think it starts to gain momentum, but uh, this was so good for the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give this one a buy it. This is definitely the best Harry Potter we have so far. This is the first movie actually in Do You Believe in Magic that I have actually liked and nice. want to watch again at some point <laughs> in my life. Like, yep. Such a huge improvement over the first two Harry Potters. Really feels like, well, we've said it a million times, feels like a different type of movie, a different animal. Yeah. Yep. So good. Buy it. This movie for me is an own it, don't lend it, buy that yes. poster. Excellent. I. This movie is so much fun for me. Like I said, this is the first time where I'm watching these Harry Potter movies and I'm going, this is Harry Potter. This is what it feels like. We're finally here. We get Sirius. We get Lupin. We get Trelawney. We get the the open uh, floor plan Hogwarts University. We get all of the things that make Harry Potter cool for me. All of the things that make it enjoyable for me, all in one movie. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, that's just too good to pass up. And, and I know I'll probably... Uh, hear about it later when I'm rating some other things in different ways. But <laughs> but honestly, when it comes down to just a subjective opinion on this, I got to have that poster and yeah. I got to hang it up. Yeah, so for good. sure. So we did actually receive some pumps and dumps from members of Chunk Nation. Thanks to Colton Kingston. Hey, this is your second shout out of this episode Whoa. for submitting pumps and dumps. His pump is Remus Lupin. Uh, super dump is... The missed opportunity not present in the movie where Sirius and Lupin explain the entire backstory on their friendship with Harry's father, the use of the Shrieking Shack, and the Marauder's Map. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Excellent Good opinions. Call. Jordan Green. Uh, Jordan's super pump, he says, you know it's Gary Oldman. What His super up? dump is using, air quotes, time travel hijinks to resolve the main wow. conflict. Might be Same. my least favorite narrative device of all time. Hmm. Uh, I want to give a shout out. Yeah. Uh, Caroline Guinan. Uh, reached out to me. She's someone we have shout, shouted out before. She said she's a happy little chunklet. And she sent me some screenshots of her actually introducing to someone else, hey, you're going to love this. You should listen to these guys. Wow. That's the kind of stuff that we need out there from, from people that appreciate that awesome. the podcast. Um, but I even got to see the responses. And she, the girl said, uh, Caroline's friend said, I feel like you've introduced me to some really good friends for the rest of my life. Hey, Whoa. Caroline's friend. We're Caroline's happy to meet friend. you. Very happy thank to meet you. you. And so, to Caroline. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Caroline. 
That is awesome. We also want to give a shout out to Wax Space. Obviously. Cliff, thank you, Wax Space, for letting us use your wonderful area to record our podcast in. If you are a young professional, a creative type, or somebody who just needs an area to get some work done, come on to Wax Space. Or an event. You can plan an event and use They've got a massive space here. Make it happen. Or if you have a movie review podcast where you give pumps and dumps. Cancel it. You can do that. We're the only one in Dallas. You can't use our place. Get out of here. Uh, Guys, I have something to share. Oh, and sure. I, I, I want to say, first of all, one of the best things that you can do for our podcast is rate and review it. Yes, And let me tell do. you why there's some especially special things about this. I stumbled upon it because it's something that I've, I've thought of for myself for a long time and honestly never thought this was attainable. But um, I feel like many of our listeners also go to Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, Rotten Tomatoes yeah. is a great thing. We, we reference IMDb a lot. We... We reference Rotten Tomatoes, maybe more on our Twitter account, which you should give that a follow. Please do. Um, but with Rotten Tomatoes, there's Rotten Tomatoes critics. There's certified critics, but then there's critics. I found out, uh, and, and let's check these boxes together. So if you have a podcast, here's certain things you need to do, okay? First of all, you need to have a podcast that's been pretty consistent uh, for two years. We've got a year, oh, right? We're 50% of the way there. Half a check, 0.5 checks. 0.5 checks, because we're, you're supposed to have an average of one a week. We've done that. This is our 53rd episode, yes. I believe, and, and not even quite a full year. We've, we're coming up on that. We've got special things about that. Uh, you need to also um, have some kind of presence on social media. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. Check. As you know, Twitter has got a, a pump recently, a super pump. Yeah. Feel free to follow us on that. Add us if you need to know about certain things you might want to watch or if you want to get some updates on the the newness in, mm-hmm. in the movie world. Or if you're one of our moms, you can like our Facebook page. Yeah, too. you can do that yeah, too. Please do. We've also got Facebook. Um, and then finally, what it asks is you need to have mm-hmm. um, over these two years at least 200 reviews of an average of four stars, we currently have 41, I believe, mm-hmm. of an average of five. My friends, listen to us. If if you love this podcast, we are but 159 reviews in a year away from being Rotten Tomatoes critics. That means throwing the stamp up on yeah. our website to be able to say, hey, guys, we have some legitimacy that it took us two years to do. Thank you for your help. Honestly, please go go yeah, and give us huge. that would yeah. be so huge. That would go be give amazing. a rate and review. It doesn't take much time. And to think, I know 160 is like 75 percent of what we need, and we've we've only got almost a quarter of it. But it doesn't seem like that much. I think that's what gets me excited. I, I yeah. I texted Doge and Jordan as soon as I found this out, and was like, guys, we this can do is this. Possible. Yeah. So if anything, do it for that. Let that be the campaign. Is that is that we're trying to get enough to be Rotten Tomatoes critics and continue to do this. And while you're in there rating and reviewing the podcast, there's something else you can do for us. And actually, uh, so, sorry, Carter, can can you go outside real quick? And uh, uh, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. And okay, he is gone. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, while you're in there rating and reviewing, if you could just subscribe to Please, our podcast, we can't let Carter That'll hear be, us. Carter gets so weird about subscribing. Are you talking to the tell him to subscribe right now? What? I gotta finish up. What? So okay, he's coming back in. He's, 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 he's coming back in the room, and, he, and he's gonna he's gonna get so angry about it. Oh my gosh, guys, okay, he's okay, here. Nothing. Hey, about subscribing? No, yeah. no. Did you talk about subscribing? No. Uh, about how I'd, I would rather a Dementor eat your face than you not subscribe to our podcast? Carter, Will there be an effect that's present on screen? I would hope so. Okay. Carter, a just, blurring effect. You make it so weird, and I just want our friends to subscribe because they want to. Oh, the the thing you... Let's put a little asterisk by friend. I don't know if we call them that. Mm. We can't even call them that if they don't subscribe. Uh, Sorry, subscribe. Unf- unfriending you. No more pokes for oh, me on Facebook. Uh, I'm man. out. No pokes? Yikes. Please subscribe. 
Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Hey, keep your eyes peeled uh, next week. Uh, about eight days from the time that this is first uh, streaming into your ear holes will be our first birthday. Ah, uh, we will be. We're but a wee toddler. We'll be all grown up. Uh-huh. We're about ready to start switch from diapers to pull ups, and wow. it's going to be a fun time. So. Uh, mark your calendars if that's the kind of thing you're into for October 10th. That's our one year birthday. 10 10. Keep your eyes peeled and your ears peeled and your thumbs peeled. We will be reviewing The Legend of 10 10. We will. We will not be doing that. No. But we have some exciting <laughs> stuff in plan for our birthday. So check it out. Check it out. Let's go then. I just took my Patronus test, and this is stupid. Let's go. (laughs) Okay, we're going to finish off the episode (laughs) by each of us signing off with the name of what our Patronus is. Yay! So, for two chunks and a hunk, my name is Jordan Wonders, and I am a crow. Oh, that's cool. Guys, my name is Doge, and apparently I'm a ragdoll cat. (laughs) What? What's a ragdoll cat? Who knows? (laughs) My name is Carter. And I'm a badger. Oh. Oh, you got a cool real animal? <laughs> <laughs> a ragdoll cat? What? what? That's that? a ragdoll cat. <laughs> it's fluffy and cute. It's genuinely the fancy feast cat. <laughs> <laughs> As if the mentors are like, <laughs> that feast is too fancy. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.